everybody. The Knockin' Mama's Christmas Podcast. The Christmas Podcast is going to take itself too seriously. I'm your host, Shane. Eric. For people that um, couldn't tell, Shane, <laughs> yep. he literally got up, yep. said, oh, I'm going to try something, and walked to the back of my kitchen, because we uh-huh. do it in my dining room, and started yelling and ran up to the <laughs> mic for the intro. Oh, I nailed Terrible. it. I did record it, so it will be on Facebook. I all nailed stuff. it. Um, you're using the word nailed it very loosely. I was, that was a unique intro. Yeah. And, and for, I'm for, tired of you telling me that they're not unique. You, no, I'm, tired I'm, of, tired of, I'm tired of you. I'm tired of you pretending like you're the only host. I'm tired of you. I'm the host, Shane, Eric. I'm tired of looking at your face while doing this. <laughs> I'm tired of it too. But uh, anyways, welcome everybody yeah, to hey. another fine edition of... <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing podcast. right now? You're not the... Hey, did you guys notice we have a new logo? Uh-huh. Have, um, nothing too tricky, but nope. just, just a little... We wanted to update a little it since, different. since the podcast is updated a little bit. We lost um, a host. We're trying, to, we're trying to make up for in any way that we can, and uh, <laughs> we know that, we got, that we've gotten worse. So I, I think I've gotten better. We know that we've gotten worse with the loss of. Uh, oh anymore. my goodness! <laughs> wow! But um, I would never say that. Well, because you don't tell the truth. Uh, okay. So we have a couple more episodes until we're we're take a little break for the year. We'll mm-hmm. be off for two weeks, I think. We're gonna yeah. take. Um, so we're taking a Christmas break for the most wonderful time of the year. It's Christmas and. Um, <laughs> you, I was trying to think of another song. I couldn't think of one. <laughs> that was, we have a lot of fun stuff to get to today, so That's I right. want to... Um, um, really good conversation. Yes, we have a very good interview coming up um, with some some cool guys from uh, a cool podcast. But Shane, I wanted to ask you, yeah. what... Or have you ever been bullied? Um, not, I mean, not really. Like, I there was never a time where I was like, afraid to go to school or like didn't want to go to school because of uh like being bullied or whatever but like uh there was a time when i was in sixth grade and i had a broken collarbone i've shared this story in a sermon a bunch of times i had a broken collarbone and um uh when i would walk through the hallways you couldn't when you have a broken collarbone you don't really know nobody else knows that you do well you could they could have known if you put the brace on the outside i'm not gonna wear my brace (laughs) over my shirt it was it's a brace where it's basically like a backpack like two straps Uh and it tightens it and it's supposed to like keep your shoulders back yeah that was what i had i broke my collarbone twice i had to wear that both times only twice i thought you did more no only. well who broke it once um, you did. I broke it. You snapped it. <laughs> Completely snapped it. And then, and then I mocked you while you were laying on the ground crying, and then Dad yelled at you in the way to the hospital That's right. for not drinking your milk and eating your vegetables. So I take it back. I've been bullied multiple times <laughs> by my family, <laughs> by my brother and my dad. But anyway, so I had a broken collarbone, and then I was walking through the hallway at school, and I was in sixth grade, and the eighth graders, would when they when you would walk through, they would just kind of like push the sixth graders out of the way. It was just what, you know, it's You need normal. to know your place. Wow. And they were, they were like, just so you know, you're sixth graders. You don't deserve to walk the same hallways as us. Wow. Because Eric is in eighth grade. Now, he went out to school there, at the time. But, yeah. but it would have been Eric's eighth grade class. Oh, I would have led the charge. Oh, yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so anyways, but I had a broken collarbone. And like one time I was walking through and I got I got pushed into the wall. And I was like, ah! And like I told mom <laughs> when I got home. Tattled. I tattled. Because you are a tattler. And I was like, mom, somebody pushed me into the wall with a broken collarbone. So my mom, being a good mom, called the school 
and was like, hey, my son has a broken collarbone and was pushed into the wall. And the school, being a good school, uh, decided the next day I was sitting in class and as a sixth grader, the assistant principal walks in and says, Shane Valenstein in here? I was like, uh, yeah. So he, t- he said, come with me. I'm like, what in the world is going Am I in trouble? What did I do? And he, he said, hey, your mother called. I was like, oh, no. Your mother called <laughs> and said that, that you got shoved and you have a broken collarbone. Is that right? It's like, yeah, yeah, it is. So he said, all right, come with me. Like, what is going on? So he takes me down the hallway and I'm just following. Doesn't tell him, he doesn't tell me what is happening or, or what I'm doing. Takes me down this hallway, goes into an eighth grade classroom, stands me in front of the, all the eighth graders in the classroom as a sixth grader and says, you see this kid? You may not know this, but this kid has a broken collarbone, and you are shoving him into the wall. See this kid? You mess with the wrong kid. <laughs> yeah. He tattles all the time. <laughs> I'm standing in front of this eighth grade class. You see this kid? You, don't, you guys are shoving him in the hallway. He has a broken collarbone. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> so then from that point on, whenever I walked in the hallway, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. The eighth like, graders would oh, be don't like, touch yeah, oh, he's got a broken collarbone. I was like, oh my goodness, ra- thanks, mom. You'd rather push it Yeah, at that point. But my mom was just trying to do the, she was just trying to help and she didn't, she did not ask the them to do that. The school didn't handle it the right way. The school did not handle it the right way, but... I'm glad that the school at least addressed it. Yeah, but they could address it without dragging of you in the face. You're yeah. the martyr for this. Yeah, so, anymore. So that was a little different. I when guess, I got but, to that school in ninth grade, they said right. I was like, "Oh yeah, my brother's too young." I was like, "Oh, the the kid that we couldn't push." Yeah, the kid, <laughs> yeah, the kid we're not allowed to touch. Yeah. Well, while you were getting pushed that same year in eighth grade, I went to a. Um, public school for my eighth grade for some reason i went to private school from first to fourth grade about to graduate elementary school went to public school so then after the public school i went back to that private school for sixth and seventh grade about to graduate middle school uh-huh. go back to another public school yeah and so when i went in eighth grade to um the the middle school near us i didn't really know anyone mm-hmm. um but I, I got to know some other people. But there were a couple. There was like one guy in particular that I remember was kind of a jerk. Mm. And um, in band, he would like push me down every once in a while and stuff like that. And like push you, he'd push you down. Yeah, just for no reason. Yeah, I'd just be saying he'd push me down, like because mm. he was he was bigger than way bigger than me. Yeah. But that was the most bullying I've ever, and that happened twice. Yeah. So like I really haven't been bullied. And what, no. how how did you respond when you were pushed? Stop! Down? Hey! I just nothing. I just kind of laughed it off because I wasn't gonna fight him because I would have died. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of laughed it off like we were friends when I knew we weren't. But uh-huh. what else do you do at that point? You go and you tell your mom, and then your mom yeah. calls the school, <laughs> and then the school takes you in front of the class and says, "Don't push." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the reason why we bring this up is because um, something that's been really trending right now yeah. um, is the story of Keaton Jones. Uh, which if you don't know who Keaton Jones is, look him up. There's a video going around of that his mom took of Keaton, and he's basically crying and saying how he's getting bullied. Mm-hmm. He has a what's a the, cleft, the lip? Cleft, cleft lip, I think, is yeah, what it is. Cleft, cleft palate, I think, is what it is. And so he's he's gets he was getting bullied at school mm-hmm. a lot. Um, he said at one point that milk was poured on him and they put ham down his shirt like yeah. like it's just pretty He's picking uh, on it's, him. it's a heartbreaking yeah that you know happens in a lot of schools and you know this kid is probably getting it uh, even more than anybody else and just think because he that. looks different yeah. yeah um and so since then that video went viral and all of these like celebrities and, and people like and have reached out 
So I think it started with Chris Evans, who's Captain America. Uh-huh. Um, saying and that if there's anybody who's going to stand up against bullying, yes, for it's sure. Captain America. So And invited him to the mm-hmm. premiere for Avengers. Yep. Um, I know Dana White invited him to a UFC thing. A bunch of wrestlers uh, yeah. invited him to stuff. Football players. Everybody's reaching all out. All these people reaching out. There's a GoFundMe for the family. There's a lot of stuff, so it's it's pretty cool. So it's a heartbreaking video that is getting um, mm-hmm. a lot of good attention right now for the kid. And and I even saw some stuff like, man, I can't imagine being the bullies right now <laughs> yeah. in school. Like, oh my God, just get everything. But what I started to see today was all this backlash on the mom. Mm-hmm. So the mom's name is uh, Kimberly Jones. And basically, they someone went through all of her past like social media Facebook, stuff, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and saw some things of them holding Confederate flags. Of um, there's one in particular that she's talking about like black people, and I think they were they were protesting at the time, and and says, she calls them butthurt Americans, yeah, and... something like that. So um, says some stuff in there that wasn't good. So basically, uh, she's kind of racist. I mean, she's from the South, yeah. So she's probably a product of of all that stuff. And now people are like saying, "Why are you guys supporting this bullied kid? Yeah, when this when mom, mom is so is bad. A, yeah. And so I'm not. I don't. Really, we don't know. We don't know much about this mom at all. I don't care about the mom yeah. either. I'm not. I watching the video is not. It's it's still heartbreaking for a mother to have to deal with that. But like like even if she's the worst person, uh-huh. then then. He really needs support now. Keaton really needs support. Yeah, because not only is he bullied, but now he's being brought up in a terrible situation. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people are like bringing up this whole thing, and and anytime that something like this happens, everybody does all this investigating now because we have this ability with social media, and that's why people need to really think about what they post on social media and what you put out there because once it's out there, it's out there, right? Like it's yeah. not going away. Yeah. And I'm sure that Kimberly never thought that she would be in this situation where she posted these these racist things, and now all of a sudden she found. Uh, 15 seconds of fame Mm -hmm. through her son's pain and people are now attacking her and are saying that she doesn't deserve anything and that he doesn't deserve it because now he doesn't deserve it and like people are saying that she's using her son's pain to to just get what she wants and to get money and to get attention and all these things which that all very well could be true it doesn't change the fact that this kid was bullied, picked on for being different, for looking different, and is going through a difficult time and is like in the middle of one of the worst things that could happen in a kid's life. And remember this. This is one thing that always drives me crazy about uh, a lot of times what adults do when it comes to kids is, and now I haven't really heard anybody say this, but I've heard people say about other, whenever a kid's going through a difficult situation, say a middle schooler goes through their first breakup in a relationship or whatever, and their world is falling apart. And then other people will, other adults will say, well, you know, it's only, it's, if you think this is tough, it's only going to get harder when you become an adult, (laughs) which in, which in reality is true. Yeah. But to that kid going through like his world is falling apart or her world is falling apart. And then for an adult to come along and say, hey, buck up. You know, it, it, you think this is tough. Being an adult is way tougher. Yeah. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. I think you're hopeless now. Yeah. <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Yeah. So like that's the worst thing that anybody could say. So when a child is going through something that may seem trivial to an adult, it is not trivial to a kid. And we need to come along that kid. And instead of saying it's going to get worse, say, hey, look. You know what? I know that this is terrible, but we're here for you. We're going to try to pick you up and support them in that situation. But I think it's ridiculous that the mom is, is that, that the focus is now starting to go to the mom. Why can't we just like 
come together. And and if she's the worst person, then what better way to break that hate that's in her mm-hmm. heart yeah. than by all these NFL players or yeah. what, or whatever showing support right. for for a kid who really needs it. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what better way to do it? Yeah. Like so. So take her out of the picture. This kid got bullied terribly. Yeah. You don't have to do anything for him because mm-hmm. it's fine. But if if people want to use their celebrity yeah. to do positive change, yeah. then what better way to do it? Mm-hmm. Like, just yeah. I don't know why everything's got to turn into something. Like, why can't we just have nice things? Yeah, it's for real. I was like, oh, this is a nice story. There's no way this can be corrupted. Oh, yeah. nope. I woke up today. Yeah, I woke oh, up today. <laughs> and it's, it's corrupted. I even read, um, there's one article uh, from uh, this website called The Grapevine that posted about, the title is, he went viral because of bullying, but Keaton Jones's mother just might be a racist money grabber. And it's this whole article about her. And at one point, they even suggest they they even suggest. Let me find the exact spot so I make sure that that I that I read it correctly. So they, this this website, this article even suggests that, and they give you references to Kimberly Jones's Facebook and some posts that she has made, which are not good. And we're not defending the posts whatsoever. Um, but the whole point that we're making is this isn't about the mom; it's about the kid. But they, this is what they say. So sure, Keaton may be a vicious victim of bullying, but he also may have called a few classmates the N-word. Like there's no there's no evidence to back that up. But because but because his mom has made racist comments, now all of a sudden this kid is being bullied because he may have called another kid the N-word. And there's no report of that whatsoever that I have found. Mm-hmm. And this website, this article makes a jump of his mom is racist, so he must then be racist. So then he must then must deserve the bullying that he has received. So we shouldn't feel bad for him. Yeah, that is absurd. Whenever you say all, all this good stuff, but here mm-hmm. the but basically means whatever I just said is worthless. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a victim of this, but blah blah blah. So just ignore it. Anytime you get in a fight as a couple, yeah, yeah. Listen, I understand this, but. Here's what I really want to say. I'm just setting you up for what I really want to say. Exactly. So like, just, just, just let it, leave it be. Let him have some fun right now while he can because he's being bullied. This is all going to go away eventually. He's still got to continue to live life. He's still got to. He's going to get bullied again in the future. Like right. things are going to continue to happen. Yeah, yeah. So I, I will say in this article it says he also may have called a few classmates the N word, and then it goes on to say which was noted on Kimberly's Facebook page before she closed it. But there's no screenshot of it there's nothing that is saying it and there's no situation that that i have heard where it said that he actually did that and that's why he was then being bullied either way bullying is wrong yeah yep no matter what the situation Mm -hmm. and we're not saying that this keaton kid is perfect no kid is Mm-hmm. He's probably, I'm sure, has done some some messed up things as well. Like every kid yeah, I, has I did done some bad things when I was a kid. I called people names. I should yeah. have called them. Yeah, and if and if it all came back, <laughs> of course. And guess what else? I've also posted stuff on social media that I regret. Yeah, I look back like, oh, I don't believe that anymore. Right, Ooh, wish I didn't say that. Right, or like I even remember like when we were kids, what we would always do is we would call somebody retarded. Yeah, and it's like that was a normal thing that we all did. And now at 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 thirty, I'm like. How in the world could I have ever done that? Mm-hmm. But at the time, it didn't even cross my mind. Like that was how all of the kids talked, right? Yeah. And so it, it's still it's absolutely wrong. But like it's it's when you're a kid, you do things that when you when you get older, you realize I would never do that again. Yeah, you know. Or we, I remember even the a word that was thrown around a lot was faggot, mm-hmm. right? 
I, that was a normal thing. Yeah, stop being a faggot. Yeah, that's what that's what we would say in elementary school. Yep. And now it's like, how could I have ever said that word? So if if let's say Chris Evans, yeah, when you got pushed in the lockers, right, and, and mom had a video of you mm-hmm. crying, like yeah. a baby about it, and then um, Chris Evans saw it, uh-huh. someone would go back and say, well. He used the word faggot once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, and 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 they would be right in that situation because I have used that word when I was in middle school. Yeah, you know, and so, and I also want to make a point too that bullying is absolutely wrong, but at the same time too, sometimes these kids who are doing the bullying, um, they get torn up and they should be disciplined and punished. But we also have to remember that they are also children. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, yeah, they're, and there's pain behind why they're exactly they do the bullying things like that. A lot of times they'll they'll go home and those get like you have to discipline each kid mm-hmm. uniquely. You can't mm-hmm. just. But some kids need to get need to get spanked and yeah, like, and some bullied. kids really and need some to kids be probably punished. it's too much. Yeah, and that's why they're bullying. They're they're whatever. So it's but you should never write off a kid for and and for something that they have done. Yep, as a kid. You know, it's we've all done those sort of things. Yeah, I've bullied kids before. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've, whatever. But, um, anyways, so well, Keaton, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, <laughs> I know you're a fan. <laughs> I know you're going to like see Avengers, yeah. and you know stuff. But we also want to invite you um, to come on our podcast. If you want. <laughs> like we, hey, we we don't like bullying. We're here for you, buddy. So just put it just. I know it's just another great thing. Yeah. <laughs> WrestleMania you're going to go yeah. to, and if you and, can <laughs> squeeze us in between the and the the Avengers Infinity premiere, of course he, the MMA not, event that you're going to go to, WrestleMania, and the GoFundMe page that is raising thousands of dollars <laughs> for your family. If you can squeeze us in, we'll gladly have you on. <laughs> gladly, <laughs> talk about whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so today we have um, a very two very special guests. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, podcast host from a podcast called Church yeah. and Other Drugs. Names awesome are, podcast. Yep, their names are Jay and Jed. Um, I've had, we've actually been like talking back and forth for like a year now, just mm-hmm. on Twitter, just kind of commenting on yeah. stuff here and there. Um, but we wanted to give them one, and we finally worked out a time to do that. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to hear their story. And I'm not, I don't even want to give anything away. On yeah, the it's story, crazy. But, but it, it's a it's a crazy story. But um, what they're doing is is awesome, and we talk about that a lot. And then we play a fun game, so mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But if you if you haven't um, heard of them before, make sure that you go in that you subscribe to their podcast, give them a good review, uh, and uh, and rate them all those sort of things. They they're worth it. So it's it's worth a listen. Yeah, and we actually guilted them into singing a song with us at the end. Yeah, because we, we know that that our listeners. Can't they oh, can't they get can't. away with <laughs> they, it? They, they love the song. At the they end. listen for they, the song. They come back for yeah. it. <laughs> they yeah. always come back for the song. <laughs> at the end. Um, so yeah, so uh, make sure you check them out um, next week. We will be having our Christmas episode with Extravaganza. With a, uh, we have a Christmas present for you next week, so make sure you come back and listen to us yeah. next week as well. But let's get to our interview with Jay Jed from Church and Other Drugs. Right out of year. Yeah, so January 1, we dropped, I think, three episodes, mm-hmm. like, okay. out of the gate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so almost a year. We just celebrated our 50th 
uh, episode. Oh, nice. This yeah, I saw week. that. Yeah. Yep. And now you guys yeah, yeah. are in different locations. Jay, you are in Louisiana, and uh, no, vice versa. Oh, vice versa. Jed's in Louisiana. Jed's in Louisiana, yeah. yep. and Jay's in uh, Charleston. Right. So how did you guys? That's right. How did you guys get to know each other? Did you did you know each other before? Give us some background there. Yeah, so we um, <laughs> uh, we met each other. And we I was living in Columbia, South Carolina at the time, and that's where Jed grew up. Um, yep. And we met each other because we were two angsty scene kids uh-huh. that um, wanted to experiment with drugs mostly. Gotcha. So that's kind of, yeah. What did you guys yeah, listen well, to? It, what music did you listen to being scene kids? John Jay was so into Newfound Glory at the time. <laughs> I was. He was, he was into was. playing Newfound Glory with an acoustic guitar oh, and singing. Yeah, like, and chicks fully. did. Chicks dug it. <laughs> well, no, like, dug it. Yeah, he Dude. doesn't regret it at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> so. Sorry, Jay. What were we gonna say? Yeah, and uh, Jay was into more hardcore stuff, but but yeah. we were in that scene. We were in yeah. that. Scene. It was like Taking Back Sunday, uh-huh. brand new. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dude, Norma Jean. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's all. Us. Norma Jean. Yeah. I think I went to Cornerstone back when it was in North Carolina. Or yeah, North nice. Carolina. Virginia? Is it in Virginia? Yeah. Uh, we went oh. to one in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. And we're and we're in Baltimore, so we like drove crazy far away to get to uh-huh. one. Yeah. Um, when when you heard the brand new news with Jesse Lacey, how'd you how'd you take that? Uh. Oh, uh, well, okay. He's <laughs> <laughs> putting him on the actually, spot. <laughs> actually, in getting in a like a Facebook spat with my sister-in-law about it, but uh, being a person that has screwed up in the past, I mean, mm-hmm. it was fourteen years ago, yeah. and like, I, I was like, I mean, what, dude, what, was it I get long? it. I, I don't know. I'm not going to stop listening to his music. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was that long ago. I saw. I just heard it was a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like that's I what I that. heard. Yeah. <laughs> Years ago. Okay. Like yeah. it was not for me. It's not changing. Like listening to Deja and Twendo or or any of that stuff because that's like my childhood still and like or not my childhood but back back in the day Growing that up, was yeah. yeah but uh, it's hard like I can't listen to a new CD that much. <laughs> it's a little awkward for me. Yeah. Oh, it's so good though too. I know it is. It is so good. Here's, here's the the main point I was making about it was that there are two sides. There's three sides to every story. Uh-huh. There's mine, yours, and the truth. Right. 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 So who knows? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm just big on. Is he like that today? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and we won't know the answer to that. So that's no, exactly. But all right. Well, tell us a little bit about your guys' story. Um, you referenced a little bit ha- growing up and and wanting to experiment with drugs. Um, to give us a little bit of background of of what that looked like and what you experienced and and uh, and what was a result of those things. Well, I'm guessing by you guys as you mean y'alls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I just want to have sure we get that. We're, we're northerners to, to you guys, but yeah. southerners to northerners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In Maryland, we're right in the middle. Up, uh, yeah, up north, they're like, oh, you guys are from the south, or y'all are from the south. Down, down south, yeah, they think we're from we're north. We're neither. Yeah. We're, we're the middle. That's what we are. So. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, you know, growing up, Things were weird for mm-hmm. me, and I think that. Oh no! Did we lose you guys? I always felt a little different, and I don't know if that was me or if it was my circumstances. My parents split up when I was really young, but I always just felt like out of place, right? Um, and uh, I'm, I'm going to try to 
abbreviate this just yeah. a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, when I was in eighth grade, my parents moved me from Charleston, South Carolina to Columbia, South Carolina, which is where I met Jed that year. And um, my parents said, hey, you know, it'd be an awesome idea is if you hung out with the pastor's kid. And um, <laughs> turns out the pastor's kid had the best dope. And so, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and so, and he is an awesome guy. He's still a good friend of ours. Yeah. He was on our first, one of our first three episodes, actually. Oh, nice. and, yeah. and so, he's the guy, he and his older brother were the guy that I first started smoking pot with. And I, um, that ease and comfort that I got from smoking weed and drinking mm-hmm. was like what I had been searching for my whole life. It was like that pressure release valve. I always say it was like I was a fish out of water and I got thrown into a bucket, right? Like yeah. I felt like I could breathe and be a part of for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I did it as much as I could, as often as I could for as long as I could. Mm-hmm. And what that looked like for me was, um, by the end, by my senior year in high school, I was getting kicked out of my house. I was selling drugs. I was, um, a daily drinker and daily cocaine user and uh and things just went downhill like super super fast for me um i went to my first treatment i went to my first and only treatment when i was 18 on the back end of um a big felony cocaine possession Mm. um conviction and uh and i did that whole thing and i got in contact with the 12-step program which was incredible but i didn't but i didn't stay sober right it took me another three years to come back in and at 22 years old i was just kind of a shell really of a human being and i came into a 12-step program um i prefer alcoholics anonymous Mm -hmm. and uh and i did the deal right and i did the deal that was january 17th of 2009 and i haven't had to take a drink since then right and it's because i did everything that they suggested that i do and um and in that process uh i came back into contact with god Mm. and and my faith um and my faith has changed and morphed and shifted. And yeah. um, Jed was worried about my soul for a while there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I've kind of come – and then, you know, through seeking truth and being open-minded, I've come back to what I feel like um, is my most comfortable way to view God. Mm-hmm. And and that's through the lens of Jesus Christ, yeah. right? And yeah. I, I never stopped believing that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. I, I – wasn't sure that he was the only way to God, right? And yeah. we can talk about that yeah. maybe some other time. But um, but anyway, so that's kind of my story yeah. in a very abbreviated so, nutshell. So, so you were saying that that it, it was 2009 is when you had your last drink. Is that what you said, right? <clears throat> yeah. So mm-hmm. I've met um, addicts and uh, different or former addicts, and I've met some addicts that they were like, okay, by this date, I just was able to to stop. Or obviously, it was a long process before then. But the, similar to what you said, it's been since 2009 since I've had anything and then there there are other addicts who or former addicts that every like once a year they fall back into it and it's been a struggle uh, uh you know from that point on it had they haven't been able to get to the point where they're they're, they're not consistently using drugs anymore Right. But it's like once in a blue moon, they they cave, they slip up, they slip up. But that's that, yeah. that hasn't been the issue for you. Not that it's still not that you don't have to be aware of it, but that that hasn't been right. the issue for you. Right. Well, so for me. um 
I know that complete abstinence is the only way that yeah. this is going to work for me, right? Yeah. Like, um, I tried the just smoking weed and I tried the like just drinking thing, and it just really does not work for me. Right. Um, <clears throat> that lasts for like a day. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I'm back like full bore. So, um, I knew that I'd run that experiment so many times that I knew that complete abstinence was the only way for me, mm-hmm. and I knew too that, um, well. They told me when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous that I would need consistent spiritual growth and development in order to stay sober. So Mm -hmm. um, there's literature that says we have a daily reprieve contingent upon the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So for me, that means like I got to do some work. Yeah. And just like anybody in their spiritual journey, like or emotional journey or whatever, Mm -hmm. it takes work. Right. Yeah. And so I still work with a sponsor. I have a ton of spot sponsees new guys that i work with and i and i have to stay involved in mm-hmm. service work um and other stuff to to keep my sobriety and keep my sanity yeah, really, yeah that makes sense that makes sense so jed jed <laughs> tell us a little bit about your story uh you know i smoked weed once and uh i was like i don't really like this and that was that so i don't really know i, I don't belong here <laughs> you no know, i i was uh definitely more like the uh the option B you described. Okay. Um, I got sober in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started trying to get sober in 2004. Oh wow. 2005. Uh, so it took me a long, long time. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, we met each other in eighth grade. I was very super involved in youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, very much involved in church. And then, I really, I think I tried drugs at first, literally just to, uh, to fit in. But like he said, his moment was with weed, mm-hmm. w- weed and alcohol for me, just kind of intensified guilt feelings and shame. Mm-hmm. My moment was when I, um, tripped the first time when I like completely became like a different person. That's what I sought Yeah. for the rest of my, of my time. I, I went for uh, bigger and better and harder stuff. Um, and, and it kind of was because I had this, this, this weird idea that I knew I was going to, in my head, I knew I was going to have to stop eventually because I'm a, I'm a quote Christian. Right. And, right, right. you know, everyone else can just use the rest of their life moderately. So I've got like five years to get everything in. Mm. So I did that. And, uh, before I knew it, I was, you know, shooting up heroin when I was 17 years old wow. and um, went to my first. That's when I started going to rehab, um, went to my first one in North Carolina, which was like a fundamentalist Christian men's work camp mm-hmm. kind of place, uh, which was interesting. You know, I got exercised in the Southern Baptist way and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty it, it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> And then I, I, you know, after spending 90 days there, I, I relapsed within a week wow. when I got home. Um, and then, man, it really just started a cycle of a lot of the same thing. So I got sent away. That's when I got sent to Louisiana for rehab um, when I was 17. And while I was at rehab, my parents moved. So I didn't really have a place to move back to. Yeah. I never had any of my own money savings or anything i was completely relying on my parents at that point so i would relapse get kicked out of rehab call them they'd Mm -hmm. tell me to go back to rehab so i'd go back to rehab 
and just start this cycle. Um, and every one of my, I would try to just use normally, but every one of my, uh, periods of using ended in, uh, me overdosing basically mm. Jeez. like pretty much every one. Um, Jay had to find me, uh, or Jay got called when I overdosed in Charleston. Um, uh, I, w- I was in a coma for four days in, oh in Baton goodness. Rouge. Um, but all of that, this was still in my early 20s. And like, I don't know, I've, I've struggled with mental illness my entire life. I had like an anxiety disorder. I've had depression and uh, I was doing uh, I would be I would get prescribed psych meds and take them for a few months and then smoke crack cocaine. And so like that yeah. doesn't make for yeah, a very yeah. balanced psyche. That's just <laughs> not recommended, uh, for you listeners out there. <laughs> It's not wise. Um, I was a walking like suicidal Mm. maniac. Like I, I, my intention for a long time was to just die, which I realize now I really just wanted the pain to stop Mm -hmm. as, as stereotypical as that is. But I really had this just existential pain. And I, my theology was that of, this world is hell. Like, this is just a broken planet. I really just want to go to heaven. Can I not just kill myself and go to heaven? Like, is that yeah. not a legitimate wow. shortcut? Jesus uh-huh. has me. So, like, right. wow. if you're not going to hate then just let me go. And my mom told me that when I was in the coma that she had prayed, like, if he's not going to get better, then just take him now. Wow. Because it had gotten that bad at that point. Um, hmm. So, it was basically 10 years of that. And then eventually, um, I became like a, I graduated to a serious adult mm-hmm. heroin meth addict and started doing serious adult crimes and got arrested and, and um, spent some time in East Baton Rouge Parish Prison and uh, uh, wound up on probation and uh, found God again in prison. That's where, mm-hmm. if you're looking for Jesus, that's where he is at. <laughs> <Just so. laughs> we, we actually interviewed a guy who was like stealing cars and yeah. and doing drugs and all that stuff and he kind of, and he said the same thing yeah. when he went to prison is when he when he like refound Finally, yeah, his, woke his up. relationship yeah. I I went through for so long I had been told by counselors you're a drug addict you're this you that and the other I'd been told um, by my parents what to believe about God and so there was a good two year period where I was like. I don't believe in addiction I don't believe in alcoholism I don't believe in God. Mm. Uh, whatever i'm just gonna live on my own and then that was what ended me in in jail for the first time so wow uh so it was a really good experience and i had two like really visceral spiritual experiences while i was locked up and mm-hmm. um i felt like that's when i got saved again or um mm-hmm. i feel like what also happened and it's it's a uh, it's an AA principle as well as a biblical principle of like when you go back out you pick up exactly where you went left off and it's going to be worse and worse and that's mm-hmm. the same as um, coming in and binding the strong man and then seven more come take its place I feel like that just happened over and over and over and by the end of it there was like sixty four of them just chilling in my house yeah. so wow, wow. <laughs> well uh, so how long did it take you to get from I'm just going to smoke weed or drink or b- both of you um, to like, Oh crap. Here's I'm like, I've, I'm doing heroin or, or Coke or whatever. Like what, what did that time? What was that time period? We started doing Coke pretty early. <laughs> pretty really? early. I, rem- I remember it was my 15th birthday. Wow. And the guy, 
the guy that we're talking about, the preacher's kid, uh, he got me some cocaine for my birthday. But before I did it, he was like, now, Jed, this isn't like weed. This is not like <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever, man. Sure. Whatever yeah. you say. Yeah. It's like, hey. I actually, I did, I, I don't think I was there, but the first time I did coke was with you and a couple of our other buddies behind the Christian bookstore. Nice. In, in Columbia. Is <laughs> that audio adrenaline? Yeah, or... <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. So, because well, we were giants. all in Young Life together, yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you were saying that you got a lot of your, your drugs from the pastor's kid, but um, I, I've, I never knew this. Like, I, I, neither of us have ever smoked weed or, or done any drugs um, in, in our life. So, I have no clue what, what this would be like, but I've, I've always thought, like, I, don't, I wouldn't even know where to get it from. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, it seemed like it was so pastor's easy. Kid. Yeah, the pastor's kid. <laughs> <laughs> seems like it was so easy for you guys to find it. It was extremely accessible. Is that true? Um, uh, I think matter, I would well, say... Go ahead, Jed. Well, A, you're around it all the time, and you just don't know. Like, gotcha, yeah. yeah. If you, go, if you go to a gas sure. station past 1030 at night, right. there are drugs there. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to Waffle House past 8 at night, there are drugs there. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I mean, right. Um... But that well, that was part of the appeal, I think, was because I also have this extremist personality, right? Mm-hmm. And whatever, like when I was a kid, I saw Jurassic Park and I was a paleontologist for two weeks, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got into whatever I'm into. So when I got into drugs, I got into drugs. Mm-hmm. Like I studied them online. Like I studied chemistry as a hobby. Yeah. Um, watched every movie I could on drugs, read like Burroughs, Junkie and all that stuff. Um, right. And it, it really did. I mean, especially at a young age, you feel like a badass. It feels cool. And it's like you you enter this completely parallel universe of the shady side of the world, mm-hmm. like which is exciting until yeah. it turns on you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were white, middle class, suburban uh, youth group kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was there was a lot that was appealing about uh, that fear and loathing in Las Vegas and yeah. like you know, having some, some spice to life. Cause it was boring. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, and initially I think a lot of our using was surrounded by just sheer boredom, right. but That's for good. us, for whatever reason, we have the gene, right? Mm-hmm. We have the ism and, and once it took hold, it just took us. Yeah. And so it's, it's a classic case study too. Cause I think there was 10 of us. Yeah. Or so. and, and so two out of 10, Wound mm-hmm. up with the uh, well, and I might say that I'd probably lump one or two yeah. others <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I'll see them in in the rooms eventually. But yeah, yeah. Well, I remember we the luck. I I remember oh. being like I I don't know, just maybe it's our personality or, or whatever. But I remember my my parents were like really strict about like not drinking at all or any of that stuff, and so I didn't until I turned twenty one. And then I made up for lost time that I was like, well, I haven't drank at all. I literally drank like one beer in my life. I remember a week before my birthday, my mom was like, here, you can have a, have, have a sip of alcohol. Mm-hmm. And my dad got mad. <laughs> and I was like, I'm turned 21 in like yeah. five days. <laughs> so, wow. so then when I started drinking, like then I was like drinking. And then I, but I used to live um, in a drug house. Like I didn't know it. Um, but then I figured it out. So like, it was just it was always around at other times that we didn't even really realize. I don't remember when I was a kid being around yeah. it as much, but uh, we possibly could have been. And I could I could have seen in my like early years uh, when I was like 
really trying to impress people or I was really mm-hmm. um, seeking approval or acceptance from somebody that if somebody offered it to me, it would have been kind of hard. I just kind of got lucky that I wasn't around those people. Mm-hmm. And then when I got old enough where I was around it, I didn't really care about yeah. it, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I was always scared. I was too terrified to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was too at first. I remember the, the first cigarette I smoked and I got made fun of it so bad. I was like, am I going to get addicted? I literally... Yeah. Am I going to get addicted? <laughs> short answer yes <laughs> yes yeah so so then but, oh go ahead sorry go ahead jay well and i was gonna say so then i had heard me and jay lost we lost touch um i would come into town and like i said like i think the only time you saw me i was dead basically mm, yeah, so yeah. that was the extent of our relationship and then the next time i hear from him he's sober mm. and a christian now too which back in the day he wasn't nary a christian (laughs) i was always the quote good christian one so i was like what yeah and uh so he came to see me and sure enough all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and like preaching and preaching jesus and aa and like trying to get me sober and uh i was not having it at the time Mm -hmm. but then i would call him periodically trying to sober up like hey I called him when I got maced by a crackhead and robbed, and uh, I was like, I think I need help. And then <laughs> uh, he, let, he let me come stay with him in California, and that's what he's talking about. He was, mm. you know, going to the meditation gardens, and he, uh, I was on crystal meth, but he was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm working through stuff on Jesus. And I was like, oh, no. Backsliding. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile. Yeah. Wow. So, meanwhile, yeah, Jed's nodding out because he's on Xanax bars on my couch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. So, have, have the it's been being a, been struggling with this for a while? Have you found that there's a deeper issue that was causing you guys to stick with it or keep going or or start it? Um, is that what you found through like going to rehab things like that? Yeah, I I think um, I am a firm believer in the disease concept of mm-hmm. alcoholism and drug addiction, and and it's kind of threefold in nature. It's there we call it physical allergy, which means like I'm kind of wired different than other people. I've crossed this invisible line, so my body doesn't stop on my own willpower. Mm-hmm. Once I put something mind-altering in my body, something outside of me has to stop me. And so, looking back at my life, it was like I had to blackout, pass out, run out, run out of money, Mm -hmm. run into jail, like something outside of me had to stop me. Right. Yeah. And then I have a mental obsession. So I just think about it all the time. And with those two things, like I'm just totally screwed. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why we need a higher power. That's why AA calls it the higher power. We need God. We need Jesus to, Mm -hmm. to help us not take a drink a day at a time. Wow. So that's kind of the the disease concept in a, in a nutshell. Um, And I'm a firm believer in that just by, looking back over my past behavior during those nine years that I was drinking and running hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I just proved that to myself over and over and over again. Yeah. So, that makes yeah. Sense. And I would say there were definitely, like you said about there's, there's definitely a line that gets crossed. You know, lots of people are potential alcoholics as they call it. Um, so for me, there were definitely, so there was some self medicating going on at the beginning yeah. and then, it definitely morphed into I just absolutely unequivocally like loved the feeling and I just chased progressively uh, deeper chemical highs like I figured out you know I figured out exactly what part of the brain like was gonna make me feel this way and I would order research chemicals off the internet to like specifically like go after things and it just became this 
perverse love relationship um, hmm. that was just out of my control, really. So, so by towards the end, it was just using for the sake of using, and the feelings was so good. Being in reality was just that much worse. And wow. he talked about the obsession, and that all all that is is there is literally nothing else. You can you wake up and plan your day around getting your fix. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get your fix, then you plan getting your next one. Like wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. handcuffed I mean, into that existence. If if you're if you're struggling with an addiction to anything, that let's even go past drugs and alcohol, but like I mean even addiction to like Facebook or porn, like like we've had like we struggle with that. Like it's it's satisfying some kind of need in you or it's mm-hmm. giving you I mean even just Facebook alone, like you get that dopamine hit when you get those likes or whatever, and people are, yeah. are so addicted to that. Or, or I've struggled with porn for my whole life, and it maybe started with just boredom and curiosity, and then it went further than that, and it was filling some kind of hole that's inside of all of us. That especially if you're a follower of Jesus, you believe that there's a, that hole inside of you, and that mm-hmm. only God can actually truly satisfy us. So it kind mm-hmm, of can sure. go with anything you're addicted to, whether it's drugs or not. Mm-hmm. Like that addiction is us trying to fill. That, that gap or that hole that can't be filled by anything else. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. tough. So for yeah, you, yeah absolutely. For you guys, well, just, oh yeah, go go ahead, Jed. Nope. <laughs> I was just gonna ask for for you guys. Where <laughs> nope. <laughs> where, did, where, did the, <laughs> where did the church come in in all of this? Because you said you grew up as youth group kids. You said you grew up going to young life and being a part of all these things. Were were you still involved in church at all throughout this process? A little bit here and there, or or did the church try to help step in? Maybe a youth pastor or a pastor or somebody else in your life, or or it being like a pastor's kid. Did that like having to do with maybe you? leaving and like if the pastor's kids make i don't know mm-hmm. yeah so <clears throat> we had as, as i had really awesome relationships with my youth pastors some of both of which the two that i can think of mm-hmm. um i still have relationships with right and they did the the absolute best they could to help me mm-hmm. um it, the best way that they knew how yeah right um oakley was one that the jed knew too in columbia yeah. and, and like our crew like it was open door policy we could go over to his house anytime it was like that whole thing and it was right. awesome it was incredible um the, my youth pastor when i lived in california for a time actually introduced my wife and i which is very interesting okay. and we're both in and we're both in recovery so um those relationships were there and i think that there were seeds that were planted and they were kind of roots that i had in the ground and i knew that these guys um wouldn't judge mm-hmm. right and like wouldn't be they weren't overly preachy or any of that stuff but but at the same time i think uh, as a whole the church is just largely ill-equipped to help people mm-hmm. with drug and alcohol addiction mm-hmm. yeah um and, and that's fine and but I think the best thing that the church can do is point people to a 12-step program would gotcha. be my takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I definitely kept a relationship the whole time and because pretty much um, I would be homeless and the people that would take me in would be youth pastors, um, friends I met from church, um, who then I would consequently steal from, overdose in their house, uh, always ended badly. But always had these great, great relationships with him. I was always forgiven um, mm-hmm. because I, I always, you know, there was this, you know, God was deeply, deeply implanted in me, and so I, yeah. I 
thoroughly believe I was prayed sober by my mother and family and grandmother and they just never gave up. And, you know, I would, you know, God would show his face in certain times and I would throw out prayers that I believe were answered just, you know, years, months, whatever later. Um, but wow. I, I would try, I stayed one foot in the churches pretty much. I would say the whole, the whole time, save for like that two year period when I was like, well, mm-hmm. if I'm, if isn't, isn't helping yet, then da 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 da. Yeah. 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 So, side note about praying for Jed. I used to pray once I got sober, I prayed that Jed, that God would give Jed as much pain as he could take without taking him out. So <laughs> you're welcome. Appreciate <laughs> wow. Appreciate it. I, mean, you're I remember being a youth pastor and having students that, um, were struggling with, with addiction. And, and I remember one student in particular and we kept bringing her in or taking her wherever she needed to go. And it's kept going again and again. And then we didn't, we got to a point, I remember feeling guilty because I didn't know what else to do. And I was like, I started to wrestle with should, is it like tough love time where, or is that going to be worse for her? Like, and my wife and I really struggled with it. And uh, we had a kid and she was, it was just bad, bad stuff. And we had no clue what to do. I think sometimes what pastors try to do is just assume they know. And even if they don't, they like, well, I'm the pastor. I got to know where it's, it's way better to go. I don't freaking know. So I'm going to take you somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me say like oftentimes. So I, I work with a lot of new people and, and my wife just texted me earlier today and said, Hey, my sponsee, she's a chronic relapser and she just relapsed again. And like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I don't have an answer. (laughs) Right. God's only person that can, God's only being entity that can get addicts sober. So like, don't beat yourself up for not knowing the answer Mm -hmm. first. Um, second, there's a a program for people that love, um, alcoholics. It's called Al-Anon. So if you run into family members or you listeners, if you are a family member of somebody that's Mm -hmm. addicted to drugs or alcohol, go check out Al-Anon. They have a a myriad of different tools to help people to differentiate between like, is it tough love time? Is it this time? Is it whatever time? Right. Um, but again, you know, we just pray for God's guidance because there's yeah. there's oftentimes that there's no like real clear right answer. No. Um, and working with alcoholics and drug addicts can be just heart wrenching and devastating because, in spite of a beautiful, amazing life, ninety nine percent of the time the drug addict's gonna pick dope, mm. right? And it's really sad to watch. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's definitely no. Uh, I mean, there is a plan, but everyone's going to be different. And, yeah. and like me, I, I'm such a chronic relapser. I have a huge bleeding heart for relapsers. So I, I it's very hard for me to be um, the tough love guy. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my biggest character defects is, is figuring out how to do that because I just understand. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, but like Jay said, too, it's when it's when it's your time it's your time and and when it's your time there's nothing i can do mm-hmm. or can't do that will will help you get sober it's just mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. um yeah i lost my train of thought <laughs> yeah it's a get so sobriety though so to oh, yeah. kind of put an ex- yeah. exclamation sobriety is really just a gift from god yeah. at the yep. end of the yes. day Absolutely. You know, and, and we have to do some work to make sure that we continue to reap that gift. Yeah. But um, but I, I couldn't have orchestrated my bottom. I couldn't have orchestrated me getting sober. Like all the right things are at the 
at the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And so, um, the biggest thing I think for people that work at a church or family members is just, um, to continue to a continue to pray, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, B continue to love, love people. But no, I think the biggest thing is know that there's hope at the end, hmm. right? It's yeah. not over till it's over. And, yeah. and I waited years mm-hmm. to get a, a call from Jed's mom saying like Jed's dead, right? Wow. Yeah. After all the overdoses and all the stuff, like I was just waiting for mm-hmm. years. And then one day I got a call that says, hey, I'm I'm in it for real this time. And then a couple months later is like, yeah, I'm still sober. And then a year later is like, yeah, I'm still sober. And then after that is, Hey, can you come down for my wedding? Right. So like there's, there's hope and and there can, there is redemption to use some Christianese, Mm -hmm. um, on the other end of this. Right. It is possible. Yeah. And I will, one rule, there is one rule. Yeah. (laughs) Don't give them cash. Okay. Oh yeah. If you give them cash, <laughs> that cash is gone. Yeah. There's yeah, no dude. loaning. There's no loaning. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. If you give somebody money, it's gone. Yeah. I will say that that girl I was talking about though is is clean and doing great now. Yeah. Which is oh, which awesome. awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah awesome. So yeah. um anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Well and uh, I, I I I really appreciate you guys saying that because really and not just with addiction, but with anything, especially as a pastor, there's no set formula with people because mm-hmm. every person is right. different every person has their different hang-ups and their different strengths so it's in anything not just an addiction you can't just say all right say this and do this and do that and then all of a sudden the person is good it's it depends on the person and it can be so frustrating sometimes and so messy and that's one of the messiest parts about church is that we're dealing with people at all times and and, yeah, and when you're sure. dealing with people you never know what needs to be done i think that comes with maturity that thought because when i was younger Mm -hmm. it was like black and white here's Mm -hmm. a sin here's not a sin here's what you can do is what you can't do you can't listen to secular music unless you buy it from walmart and they they leave it no cuss words baby no cuss words you can't do this can't do that we could watch these shows because of this can't watch like and then the more you grow the more you realize that like it's not just black and white. Here's and here's not. It's like there's people attached to it, and there's so much deeper yeah. in that. It's just maturity, and the more you grow. I mean, Jay, you were talking about how you've been talking, you've been trying to look at your faith and dig deeper, and and some things have gone that you didn't have. Same for us. I mean, it should be for everybody, shouldn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, right. should have yeah, a foundation. Yeah. And what what's the likelihood that you got dealt the exact right cards politically, theologically, everything? Mm-hmm. Very unlikely, right? Yeah. So for all of us, right. it's that way. So if we're not trying to challenge what we believe, and through this podcast, we've been really doing that, and we've been like forcing ourselves to think differently about issues we've always thought about. Um, yeah, us too. And and mm-hmm. even like I mean, we can lead into this question. Weed is one of those where we had to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. So so we talked about this before we even started. But um, what's your guys' opinion on? Because we get this question a lot as pastors, um, especially from students who are hoping that we answer it <laughs> a certain way. Um, is about weed is weed a sin? We get that question all the time. So, um, your guys' perspective, what what would you guys say to that? One if, word answer. Go ahead. My, so my one my one word answer would be no. I don't think that weed is a sin mm-hmm. in and of itself. I don't think weed is smoking a sin. Mm-hmm. I I, I also weed don't is think smoking a sin. <laughs> that's, right. that's that good somebody, stuff. Good somebody's stuff. smoking that sin over there. <laughs> That Satan's tobacco. Um, <laughs> just like I don't think alcohol in and of itself is a sin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that what we do with that substance can be sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if we're sitting around all day just getting like 
you know, couch paralysis, mm-hmm. yeah. smoking that much weed is, I think that that's sinful. I think it's gluttonous, mm-hmm. I think more than anything. So yeah, that's kind of my, my two second take on it. Yep. Yeah. My, my semi short answer is go by legality first. I mean, that's yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll go with, it is legal. Then, um, absolutely the same as alcohol like i can't believe alcohol is legal Mm -hmm. it's the absolute most harmful drug on the planet yeah but uh no there's just no i mean i don't see a difference between that and alcohol Mm -hmm. granted i i the only reason i there's like some caveats is because of the it is more of a uh um entheogen like a like a spiritual type mm-hmm. thing as mm-hmm. opposed to uh alcohol being more of a body load but i still say an intoxicant is an intoxicant really yeah. at the end of the day and i would i would honestly say like eating marijuana edibles is massively treating your temple better than slamming uh six jack and cokes yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well and i i agree with you like you can't just make the blanket statement of yes or no, it is or isn't Mm-mm. a sin. Because there are a lot of people who are diagnosed with cancer or with another yep. issue, and and a, and a doctor can say, here, this will help you. If you take medicinal mm-hmm. marijuana, this will help you. So it's not just a blanket, yes, it is or no, it isn't, because mm-hmm. it, it can help a person uh, in the right circumstances and in the right situation. And obviously, I agree with you, Jed, with, uh, with what you're saying. That if, it's, if it's illegal, then it's illegal, right? And, and we, that's, that's the answer right there. But, but it's all it's gonna it's becoming it will be it will, it will, yeah, be. It will be completely yeah if you don't if you don't live in a, yeah. in a place yeah. already where it's not it, it it will be so it will be a, an issue that a lot of people will face and um and maybe like in your guys situation as as addicts um and uh like Jay as you were saying you you can't have anything and and Jed I assume that you're the same mm-hmm. way right you can't have anything alcohol or nothing because it will lead to something else so for the person too it, it also depends as we were saying earlier uh, you know if if you were to partake in marijuana then that would be a sin for you because you know that it's going to lead you to other things that are just going to be worse for you and, and would be tough uh for you in that situation yeah the heart- oh my lord yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heart- i'd burn my house down and my whole life would be gone in like <laughs> yeah, a month yeah. i smoked a joint yeah right. yeah i run i run through that scenario in my head fairly yeah. often and yeah yeah it, it's never anywhere good. The the hard part for for me is that like I grew up with like it's the worst thing. Right? Exactly. Don't. So and every and mostly everyone did. Like you said, there's really no difference when it comes to alcohol or or weed. Um, it, I, the, and the, where I would go is the Bible talks about like drunkenness is a sin. And so why is drunkenness a sin? Because it's a it's you don't have any control. So I think that's the yep. main I've point of it heard is, that is the control part of it. Right. Where whatever yeah. and I'm and you can you can smoke weed and not lose that control, but I think if yes. you get to that point where like you know what I mean, like that's where I think it is. I think it's a better way to treat anxiety for some people mm-hmm. than act than act like you can lose control on on just regular over the counter drugs. Yeah. So is that like yeah, that's where exactly. I think it all goes. To. I, I will say as a cautionary tale, it's a lot easier to lose control. It happens a lot more quickly smoking yep. weed than yep. it does with drinking, right? right. Like it, it's kind of, unless you're a super lightweight, it's kind of work mm-hmm. to get real hammered. Yeah. yeah. But like right. you can smoke a couple hits too many and be super stoned. Yeah. 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 So, right. Right. um, but just so you know, another interesting anecdote, I've had two people that I've mm-hmm. known that have been, I've, I've been really close to in recovery that both went through chemotherapy mm-hmm. and used marijuana 
um, as prescribed by their doctor. Yeah. Um, and uh, and used it successfully, oh, uh, which great. is really really interesting to yeah. me because I, I I would have to like God would definitely have to be there for me mm-hmm. for to for me to use marijuana yeah, successfully. Yeah, wow. And be on board with that. So um, it's just really interesting that you know. Again, I don't think that marijuana, in and of itself, is is yeah. sinful. Yeah. And you, and no. you can go with the permissible versus beneficial argument too. Of for yeah. each individual case, mm-hmm. like right, is right. It, what's the point it, if if you're doing it? If there's actually a good point to it, right? Then mm-hmm. and yeah. I. I, I I feel like if you're if you're gonna have this conversation, then like you need to have this conversation about. I don't the the fact that it's differentiated from Xanax, Adderall, yep. whatever psych meds yep. you're on, uh, caffeine, nicotine, coffee, yep. uh, tea, chocolate, the most abused right. drug in the world. <laughs> Trivia, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not abused. The most used drug in the world is cocoa. Gotcha. Um, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, I, there. It's all. It's all the same, and it's if you look at the history, it was just legalized to vilify Mexican immigrants. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's all people. a farce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do want to um, be clear, just because I am a lead pastor. Oh, right? your butt. <laughs> your butt. I want to be clear from uh, and make sure that everyone understands. I do not think that you should go smoke weed. So you're te- <laughs> so what I'm hearing is Shane's telling students to no, go. No, no, that's not what I'm saying at Children all. Under the age. You know, um, <laughs> Shane you know said Bo- so, Pastor <laughs> Shane. <laughs> You ever heard Bo Burnham, that comedian? Yeah, yeah, love Bo Burnham. Yeah, he had a uh, he had a great spiel on weed. He doesn't smoke anymore, and he's mm-hmm. saying how it it is super irresponsible. This new wave of people just endorsing weed like it's this panacea yeah. with no panacea with no ill effects. And it's right. like, no, dude, you will have some like it's yeah, it, it's still it's got some stuff with it, man. Like mm-hmm. anxiety. Uh, shrinking gray matter, like everything's got its stuff, man. It's not, yeah. it, it's not. No, yeah. And it, <laughs> you but shouldn't I, really be messing around with too many chemicals before yeah. you're 25, anyway. Yeah, and it, it's smart for people that if they're you're going to warn somebody about it, not to act like it's worse than it really is. You have to be smart. Yes. You you got to yes. be honest. You can't say yeah. that Steve, you you can yeah. drink and not smoke weed. And they'll go, why? And it's because of, like, they're, for stupid reasons is why why we think yeah. that. Right. So you have to be honest with that stuff. And then when you're talking to the individual person, because I, you know, why, I know why students are asking me. <laughs> like, yeah. They're, yeah. I know why. So, so I talked to them about that in a deeper issue. It's not, but, but to make blanket statements, it's just, it's just, you can't do that. It, it, it doesn't trouble. help anyone. It and, and it's, yeah, that's the, <laughs> Christians will, yeah. <laughs> and it's like at the same time everyone's looking at porn while, you know yeah, exactly. so it's like, yep. let's yep. just let's can we just that, that was our yeah. that's kind of our whole mission uh of the podcast was to blend the gut level honesty of aa with uh the church foundation of, of christ right yep. yeah so that's really where and, and our AA originally was started as a christian program and with mm-hmm. christian principles and everything's biblical and yeah, it's some people have called it first century Christianity because it's just very basic practical tenets, uh, right? And yeah, action man, we just steps. Yeah. action steps. It's like let's just let's just be real with each other and quit pretending. It, I I and we're I think we're getting there with shows like y'all, shows like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, there is our generation. I think I think we are in the transition period from yeah, I agree. Uh, the whitewashed evangelical mm-hmm. church yeah. to that brick building. Yeah. It yeah. kind of 
funny, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often do you hear them? Hear people say that this is in this sin, and they're like super overweight or something like that, which right. is just as much of a sin or something. Like, it's, yes. it's it's always easier to tell other people when you're not struggling with it. Yeah, this is sin, but yeah. that's a whole thing. <laughs> so before we get to, I know we want to do some some fun, um, but before we get to that, for anyone that's listening that that is struggling or isn't, I mean, we're based in Baltimore. Baltimore, the heroin epidemic here <laughs> is yeah. oh my gosh, it's terrible. Oh, and yeah. It's been bad for a while, but basically. When it was killing minorities in the city, no one cared, and now it's out of the city, and now all everyone's like, "Oh crap, what happened?" It's like we've been it's telling you for, we've been yeah. telling you for ten years it's that's been bad. Exactly here. right. So, that's everywhere USA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so anyone that's listening that that has a struggle with alcohol or drugs, or anything, what what would you guys uh, tell them? You can email us first of all, mm-hmm. uh, church and other drugs at gmail dot com or. Uh, Jedi pain 2013 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll direct you, but, uh, you can call the AA service line, just Google AA hotline. that will connect you with meetings in your area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we always encourage like, just get in touch with us and we can point you in any yeah. direction or just listen, give advice, what, whatever you need with that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, so 12-step programs, like Jed said, AA. And again, if, if people have questions or whatever, feel free to reach out to us. And we're, we're more than happy to, to field those for folks. Awesome. Great. Awesome. You know, you got, your guys' podcast is uh, is great. Yes. I really like it. Uh, there seems to be like a group of podcasts that kind of all started around the same time. You guys, we started right around you guys. Not Your Pastors started yep. right around then. Mm-hmm. We became friends with them because we have the same name, basically. <laughs> that's, how <we> yeah. <laughs> that's why That's why I messaged y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, um, it, it's kind of cool to hear all these yeah. other podcasts doing this stuff. But um, there's a segment we like to do that we wanted to have you guys join, join us with. And it's a segment that we do a lot. It's called Stupid Arguments. Your favorite candy. Worst vegetable. Best Disney song. It's now time for Stupid Arguments, where we argue about stupid things. All right, so uh, here with Stupid Arguments, one of our favorite things to do, um, and uh, w- to, we always talk about like 90s things or TV shows or, the or movies. Best, yeah, the 90s <laughs> is the best yep. era. So uh, you guys are 90s kids, right? So, so oh, you yeah. know what we're talking about. But um, uh, So we want to talk about what is your favorite stupid comedy or your favorite dumb comedy so not like uh i don't know uh what what would be a smart comedy <laughs> um I, I wasn't prepared for smart comedy yeah i know I stupid comedy. Yeah. Yeah, that's I what like, i was thinking through as well yeah i don't really know ground rules yeah uh see my my wife would give me the ground rules of everything i think is funny she thinks is stupid comedy. yeah yeah so, but there, so like <laughs> super bad versus we'll, we'll say super bad is like well written, uh-huh, well made smart. comedy yeah, yeah. versus yep. uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> I would say I would say Joe Dirt is amazing as well. So, no <laughs> um, and, and we think that these movies are tang. good. Booty Tang, have you ever <laughs> seen Booty, Booty tang? tang? Yeah, I know what it. I've never Louis seen C. it. Louis C.K. directed it. Is Louis C.K. directed it? Did he really? I didn't yep. know that. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, he he doesn't oh, like it though because um, he said like the the com- whatever 
produced it, yeah. like destroyed it, what he wanted. And so <laughs> oh, it was his first movie ever directed and the last so one for a stupid. long time. Yeah. Yep. So basically what we're talking about is with like dumb comedies, it's just like something that is just ridiculous, um, something that it doesn't have to be realistic by any means, but like a really just goofy, silly sort of a comedy. So I'll start then. I, yeah, we should have all these ground rules. I don't know if mine's... Falls under that category. I'll start. I'll start that. <laughs> this is this is my favorite, one of my favorite movies. Period. But I think that Dumb and Dumber is the the best dumb comedy that there is. Uh, there, there are. It's in the name. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the name, right? There's yeah. a there's a million quotable lines. Um, I think it's Jim Carrey at his best because there's a lot of bad Jim Carrey as well. But I really like Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels as well in it, who went from being like a serious actor to doing something just ridiculous. Dumb and Dumber will be my favorite, but is that? But you have to That's be like, you have to be smart in order to know the dumb parts of it, it's right? It's good, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I don't know. I'd say I that's, say like that's like dumb a caliber comedy. Oh yeah, it is. It is a caliber. But uh, oh yeah, uh, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time someone yeah. has gloves, I use that line. Yeah. Every time. They love it. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Well, yeah. See you later. Did something like this and completely. <laughs> Right. Mine, right. mine would be uh I'm switching mine to right. uh heavyweights. Oh heavyweights. Oh, <laughs> lunch lunch has been canceled due to lack of hustle. <laughs> ben Stiller, that's See, one of his him him there and Dodgeball, I think yeah. it's the same character anyways, it's but same. Well, now you guys probably are going to lose respect for me, but I have not seen heavyweights. You haven't seen it? I no. think that Ben Stiller plays the oh. same character in, <laughs> in Dodgeball. Uh, Happy Gilmore, too. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Wow. Which segues really, really well into my, not only my favorite, but I would say the best dumb comedy, which is Billy Madison. Ah, uh, see, that was, that was my we, second yeah, one. We actually talked about that one. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you That's there. Okay, what makes it so good yeah. then? Um, I think, again, quotable lines, uh -huh. goofy. <laughs> Off the, off the chart. It's going to hurt because you just got yard. <laughs> you will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> Stop sleep. looking at me, Swan. Yeah, yeah, it's right. incredible. Yeah, There's yeah. music in it. There's a musical number in yeah, it. Yeah, like with how, the clown. How can you go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, you, that's Adam Sandler at his best. Oh, 100. 100. That's like in all the, I, I was going to say also all the uh, – Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Yeah. Mm. Tommy yeah. Boy is so good. Yeah, that pair. That yeah, pair. Hills into, yeah, yeah, I'm Hills. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam Sandler, what was the last Adam Sandler movie you've seen? Uh, uh, <laughs> man, he has really jumped <laughs> the shark. <laughs> <laughs> what's um, the last one? Oh, what's yeah. that? It was like this, it was an indie flick. But and it wasn't really that funny. It was uh, the Honey's uh, Drunk Love or something. Uh, that was a long time that. ago. Yeah, that's, that's the last Anderson. Adam Sandler movie wow. I've seen. I, think I saw part of uh, the Ridiculous Six or whatever that oh. Netflix went yeah. you did. Can't get that time back. Oh, I watched thirty <laughs> seconds of that. It turned it off. It's <laughs> yeah. so bad. It's amazing that Netflix actually extended his contract oh. with them. So rich. Yeah, I, I, he he has to be. He he absolutely does not care about making movies. He's he just got like cares a about nine movie deal with them or it's something insane. ridiculous. What? And nobody, nobody watches it, anyways. Nobody well, wants apparently it. they do. Yeah, where That's, where is this mysterious group that watches every Adam Sandler movie, makes them so much money? I never met one. Yeah, they're your weed smoking students. That's <laughs> <it is. laughs> but are they yeah, watching that? The room. The what? Oh, the oh the the really bad movie. 
the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Yeah, actually, actually, I just watched it this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, it is it's so bad, absurd. and it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, they just have so many. They have so many parts that like have nothing to do. Like they have a whole like she the, the mom has cancer. Never talk about that again. Like yeah, yeah. so many of those parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you see a disaster artist? Yeah, yeah. yeah I for like, sure. Yeah. I would like to yeah. That looks awesome. <laughs> I mean I'm my wife and I like Seth Rogan a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so uh mine would be now I'm not sure if this falls under the category that that we're trying to do. Um, I have another one I'll say just in case this doesn't, but um, I would go with Anchorman as my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. That is not a stupid comedy. Yeah, that I know. Is the that's thing. <laughs> I didn't know if it fell. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, guys, calm down. You're on our podcast. We make the rules. <laughs> um, so, okay, I would go with uh, crap, what I have. Um, I like the cable guy a lot. That's pretty stupid, isn't it? Cable guy. That's really dark, too. Yeah, yeah. it is dark. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah. I, I also like half baked a lot. That's really, yeah. that's really dumb. Yeah. That's a, yeah. See, I currently work as a cable guy, so like, there's so many. Of those <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> we're realizing there's like we've entered the realm of age gaps, and like nobody even knows what we're talking about. And I yeah. feel really bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jeez. that is uh, true. What, what what's some ones that are the, the uh, younger people would know? Naked Gun. Oh, oh <laughs> naked, that that is a really good. Jeez. Yeah, man. Uh, Robin Hood Men Tights. Uh-huh. That's a great, oh, stupid yes. one. Uh, all the Mel Brooks movies, yeah, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, but I don't know what a more recent one would be. I don't know the Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> I don't know. Is that like one that like the kids would know? Did you, uh, did you see Black Dynamite? No, no. Yes. Oh my gosh, you've got to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you must. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about that. Said, oh, hot Rod is probably my most. Oh, recent. Hot Rod, yeah, yeah. Hot Rod is. Great. Oh, The Hangover. That's a newer. That yeah. series is a newer one. I think. Yeah, kids yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty dumb. Yeah. We we sound so old right now. <laughs> what are the kids uh, I like? Think, I think I'll go to the movie, the picture show. See the Stephanie Rogan movie. Say what's what's way? That's what I would think of yeah. when I think of hot rush. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, Jed and Jay, this is a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. thanks for yeah, joining thanks for us, us uh, yeah. during this busy Christmas season. Um, can you guys uh, give give everyone your your podcast information where they can find it, all that good stuff? Jay, either one for sure. Yeah, so we're searching <laughs> other drugs. You can find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you can also email us at us at churchandotherdrugs at gmail dot com. Um, so yeah, come check us out. Nice. Give, we're give, on Facebook, the Twitters. Yep. Mm-hmm. All that stuff too. And we'll, yep. we'll have all the information on our show notes. Give them a five star review. Um, yes. We, awesome. we do that. Yeah. yeah. Only five. Have you guys gotten a bad review yet? We got yes, one. It was, like, it was awesome. If you get some time, go check it out because it's, it's like, one no. one star review. And yeah. It's so you funny. know what? I think I think you guys tweeted about it. And I think I was tweeting back at you you guys about it a lot. It was a while ago, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was a while yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was incredible though. Like, yeah. Somebody's really offended. <laughs> so bad <laughs> that we would really dare that, ask how God dare... for help to heal us. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my goodness! goodness. How dare Jed's dad pray for him? What? Yeah, he was like so selfish. So selfish. Wow. Go check it out. Our ours wasn't. Ours just like 
unoriginal, yeah. not funny. You just want to be bad Christian. And it was and it was our Ooh. mom. Yeah. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> <That's just mean. laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, thank you guys for your honesty and for what you're doing. And um, and you know, we don't really know you guys that well, but we're proud of, of what you've done and how you've been able to turn your life around and and it's an awesome story. So don't stop sharing your story and don't stop helping other people who are going through addictions and everything too. You guys are doing great work. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. But since we're we're like best friend podcast now, we figured uh-huh. that we would let you guys join in on something that we always do when we close out. And it's the Christmas season. We love Christmas music. Yep. So we figured we would sing a nice Christmas song. Do you guys know, baby, it's cold outside? Oh, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we sing that part? Uh, you guys want to do the girl part? Yes. Please. (laughs) All right. So, Shane, you want to count them all? Okay. Yeah. Ready? A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. (laughs) That's not the tempo. Baby, it's it's cold cold outside. I've got to go away. (laughs) But, baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) This evening has been been hoping that you drop in. So very <laughs> nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just, just like ice. <laughs> my, mother, my mother will start to worry. <laughs> I, can't, I can't continue. This is I the can't. most rapey song this ever. My <laughs> mother will start to worry. You can leave. You don't have no. to stay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm just going to pressure like I should stay, though, because <laughs> of all the things that you're saying, it's really clear. making me uncomfortable. Say uh-huh. what's in this drink? <laughs> they, they were roofing people. Oh, my goodness. No hey. cabs to be had out there. As <laughs> oh, I got you. We're, <laughs> we're changing the lyrics. Uh, thank you for your time. You can now leave. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks, guys. I, I appreciate really enjoyed our time together. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.